show more than you can chew. I'm your host, Tiffany Moore. Happy fucking Halloween. This is my favorite, favorite time of year. Um, maybe tonight I'll read another chapter out of Manic. That's a pretty <laughs> disturbing book. That'll be good for Halloween. Um, now the episodes where I'm reading are getting way more fucking downloads than I expected. So Maybe I'll keep that going. Might keep that as part of the show. Um, but today we are focusing on the next part of the shift. Again, not keeping it in any kind of chronological order. Um, I don't plan these episodes for the shift. I just meditate and try to clear my mind as much as possible and just say, like, whatever it is, you know, that is meant to come out, just guide me to whatever I'm supposed to say. I don't have any kind of, um, uh, desire to name whatever it is or figure it out or any of that stuff. It's just, I feel like there is some kind of message in all of this and I, I feel like I'm the conduit for it. Like, I'm for whatever reason, you know, it, it's my voice that is being used to tell the story. And as I'm telling the story, I'm, I'm kind of climbing back into the experience that, again, I feel very removed from at this point. It's been two years since um, the crux of it happened. I feel fairly removed from the experience, but, you know, talking about it so in-depth... Um, it is still very emotional and it does like I do crawl back into that space you know um it's kind of like reliving the experience as I'm talking about it so might get emotional sometimes might you know like again I I feel like 
it is something bigger than me that whatever is trying to relate or connect to other people. So I just kind of let myself be the conduit for that and whatever wants to come through is going to come through. So something, um, uh, something weird that really happened was since it's Halloween, maybe we'll talk about the scarier stuff. So in the early days of just meditating and um, to give you like a timeline here, I was off of work for seven months in total. Um, so I quit my job in November of 2021 and then I started work around July, 2022. Um, I started the ride chair thing. So those seven months were completely dedicated to being silent, quitting everything, you know, um, not having any kind of marijuana in my system. I, I didn't eat meat, all that stuff for that, that entire seven months. And I think I didn't even start eating meat again for a few months afterwards, even after that. I, I went most of the year without meat, eating meat and then just started eating meat, like just had the appetite for meat again at some point. Um, and same with pot, like started smoking pot again after the seven months. Um, not immediately, but like, again, maybe a month or two after I started work again. And um, so, but this whole seven months, six or seven months was completely dedicated to being quiet, not ha not being in contact with anybody, completely isolating myself um, and meditating and sitting in stillness and like going for walks. So uh, in these very like earlier days, like the first couple of months of just meditating and being alone and sitting in silence all day long. I'm telling you like no distractions at all. All day long I'm sitting in silence and just following my thoughts. That's what the voice told me to do. And as you can tell from the first channeled message that I read you guys, everything that came in was always very nurturing and respectful and was kind of just like, we're your teammates, we got you. Like I always felt very safe in everything that was happening. Again, nothing felt weird. None of this felt strange to me. I felt very protected, very seen, very safe through this whole experience. So I trusted everything that the voice was telling me to do along the way. So one of the kind of creepier experiences I had was um, learning these new breathe breathing techniques that the voice wanted me to do. So um, instead of now just meditating, um, the voice wanted me to like, while I'm meditating, do these really, really, really deep breathing um, techniques that can almost like put you into a different state physically. Like, um, it's hard to explain. But they told me I could call in entities. I don't want to fuck this up. Let me look these up. Hang on. Okay. So the voice was always telling me to just be very open to the experiences I was having and try not to be afraid and just like always know I was protected and stuff like that. So a chant that they would have me do while I was practicing these breathing, these really, really deep, I mean, like you're... It's basically like stretching your breath as long as you possibly can and pausing as long as you can between the inhales and the exhales. 
So you take this insanely deep, slow inhale and you pause for as long as you possibly can while then like preparing yourself to blow out the exhale extremely slowly as long as you can possibly like ride that out and then pause again before you take the next deep inhale. So it's a process getting there because at first you're going to be like, oh, I'm out of breath. Like I need to breathe out really quickly. So it's a process getting into that kind of flow of breathing. And they were like, as you practice this and as you get more into this flow of breathing, we want you constantly saying in your mind or out loud, I always did it in my mind, Shakti, 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 Shakti. That's what they wanted me to chant. So um, I did look up Shakti and I understood like Shakti was a goddess. Um, One of the most, I'll just read you what it says. Shakti was one of the most important goddesses in the Hindu pantheon is really a divine cosmic energy that represents feminine energy and the dynamic forces that move through the universe. Shakti, who is responsible for creation and can also be an agent of change, is often manifested to destroy demonic forces and restore balance. So when this was being described to me, this made sense to me because they were trying to... uh, There was a lot of deep darkness within myself that I just really had a, I I wasn't able to access. And this was even something I started EMDR therapy for because there was just so much of my mind that I wasn't able to access and so much that I wasn't able to remember from my childhood that I thought going to EMDR therapy, which is really fascinating. And it's kind of like, comparable to this experience that I had because in EMDR therapy you have these tappers is what they're called and basically they're these little devices that you hold in your hands and it just buzzes between like it'll buzz in your left hand and then it'll buzz in your right hand so in EMDR therapy you're basically like establishing this huge trust with your therapist first of all like that is so important that you trust your therapist um, during this process and you, your mind understands that only when you're in this very safe space, are you allowed to travel back and try to like understand these things or remember these things that have these really, really traumatic experiences that you completely like deleted or blocked out, whatever you want to say, like trying to access these things. It helps to, I think it's like, it's moving things between uh, finding balance, whereas like your left side of your brain is more uh, thoughtful and and um, introspective and your right side of your brain is more creative and like free and like you're kind of passing between these two things as you're experiencing this very traumatic experience again in a very safe space. So. It's, it's kind of like you're allowed in this moment to have these feelings and actually understand what happened in a way that you never could. You'll get this like different perspective because you are in this safe space now and you know that like these thoughts can't hurt you. These, these things that happen to you can't hurt you anymore. And sometimes like that's the only way that people can make progress in these areas. So I, I didn't have a ton of luck with EMDR therapy. I still couldn't remember a lot of things. I wasn't able to access um, parts of my mind. And 
<laughs> instead of just like taking that as a sign and like quit fucking looking like quit digging around obviously like whatever is here doesn't want to be known I just started trauma therapy after that because I was like I'm gonna find a way to access these parts of myself because so this felt very akin to that where it was almost like so this other entity that um they told me about I'm gonna read this too so I don't fuck it up Kalima so Kali is the form of the mother goddess in which she appears angered and aroused to take on the torment of this world. The story of Kali, her origins and purpose are best told in the 13 chapters of Devi Matiham. Mahatmayam. I'm probably butchering the fuck of that. Devi Mahatmayam. Um, so she was said to be born of the earwax of Vishnu, the preserver and the protector. Um, but basically... Kalima is kind of like Kalima and Shakti were these entities that could come through and help me get all of this last lingering kind of like quote unquote dark energy and teach me how to use it in a physical sense if that makes any kind of fucking sense so instead of repressing it and being scared of it and thinking there's something wrong with me and allowing it to almost like poison my body. I accepted that there, there was still this darkness inside of my body that didn't want to leave. And it's almost coming to terms with the fact that there's always going to be this darkness there. You could never possibly expel it all because you have to have that balance still within yourself. So it was almost like, understanding my darkness and coming to terms with it and these two entities or goddesses whatever you want to say um helped me to come to terms with this and how to use this darkness in ways in like through creativity through expression through love through sexuality so i was doing these really really deep breathing for a, a good amount of time at this point and just saying like shakti in my head shakti 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 and all of the sudden i feel like my body shoots straight up like if i'm sitting cross-legged it was like the whole bottom half of my body was completely weighted to the ground completely like rooted into my foundation and the upper half of my body was trying to float away. I had the best posture that I have ever had in my life. Like posture I didn't think I could possibly have. It literally felt like the top half of my body was about to just float away. It was fucking insane. And it was going up with such force. And the bottom of my body was staying so grounded and so firm in its foundation. And the voice was like, become fluid in this like just move in this you know this like state of being and i felt <laughs> i legit felt like i was possessed by a snake <laughs> like i started talking and everything i was saying <laughs> like it sounded like i was a fucking snake it was just like suddenly everything became like And I was doing it out loud like that. I was just like, Shakti. 
I felt like I was in my body, but had zero control over. Even though in the back of my mind, I knew I had full control over my body. In this moment, I felt so detached from my body that it was just like, I, I don't know what is making me move and making me make these sounds, but it's not me. And that got pretty creepy. Cause I was just like, when is this going to stop? Like, it seemed like this went on forever. And then like, once the fear passed, it was like, it felt very freeing to be in this space and be like very aware of mainly my sexuality, my body, my power that resides in being a woman, you know, that just constantly wants to be stripped away. Like, the, you know, I'm not going to get into all that on this episode, but just like the, the power that is constantly being stripped away from us as women living in a patriarchal society all of that just like flooded into me. And I was just so proud and in touch with my body. It was this really amazing experience. But I just started walking around and I was like dancing all afternoon, just like in this very ethereal state, this very ethereal state of being, but knowing 100% my power in my body, in just being a woman, like really understanding my power and my sexuality, all of that kind of stuff that, you know, I hadn't really recognized before. So that was kind of a weird experience and that never happened again. Um, I never really tried to make that happen again, but that specifically never happened again. Um, and I did eventually like later that night, like come back into my body and felt completely normal again. And you know, whatever that is at this point. But um, the closest thing I could find to that, the voice wouldn't tell me what was happening in this experience. Um, but what did come to me later after some research was like a Kundalini awakening was kind of the closest that I could find to it. And Wikipedia describes it as in Hinduism, Kundalini um, is a coiled snake. It's a form of divine energy, divine feminine energy or Shakti believed to be located at the base of the spine. And it is an important concept in Tantra where it is believed to be the force or power associated with the divine feminine or the formless aspect of the goddess. The energy in the body when cultivated and awakened through tantric practice is believed to lead to spiritual liberation. So this Kundalini awakening, um, the image of it when you, you know, really start to research it is like a snake that's just coiled um, in the base of your spine. And as you're awakening, the snake is rising and it's rising, like it's rising up your chakras. So it's rising up these energy centers in your point till it comes to the third eye, the crown chakra. And it's kind of like you're viewing this outer world as this energy now and it's it's awakening this goddess energy within you so you can have this spiritual liberation so that's the closest thing that i could find to describe that experience for me i don't know if that's what it was actually but from everything i've researched that was like the closest thing i could find um to that experience Besides, you know, just being possessed or whatever the fuck by a fucking snake. Um, that was definitely one of the more weird interactions that I had. And 
everything that came through was always telling me like, you're always going to feel this fear at first. And freedom happens when you can accept the fear and you can accept that like, no matter what this physical world is trying to show me to make me so fearful of, to make me so afraid, I know that I'm safe. I know that I'm protected. I know that nothing is going to happen to me in this moment. And you just need to keep reassuring yourself of that, no matter what this outside world is showing you. And that was kind of like that experience. It's like these really like freaky things can happen. And, but like, if you can find your own safety in these things happening, you're able to experience these things that maybe once felt really fearful or, or frightened you and have these really exciting and intense experiences when you do let go of that fear. So that's a lot of what that experience was teaching me. And it was also the first time that I was opened up to um, one of the spiritual teachers I was following online, I can't remember who it was, uh, started talking about like always protecting your energy and rituals that you can do to do that. And these steps that you can take to protect your energy from these things. Because when you first wake up and you're first experiencing the shift, supposedly like all these entities know and a lot of them will just like come fuck with you because they know you're new to the scene you know like you've never been here before you're like kind of fresh meat so there are all of these entities out there like you know i don't even know how to describe them if you want to say fairies or something you know the fae like they just kind of like to fuck with people a little bit so I would have to go through these tests, especially like these things would happen with, with manifestation because the voice wanted me to start um, going on walks every day, just being in nature and observing nature. So I started doing that, started incorporating like a walk every single day. And then the voice was like, I want you to make a list of like five things that you expect to see on your walk today. So at first I would keep them really easy, like, an orange, um, a blue truck with white stripes, you know, like things that I figured I probably would see. And when I saw them on my walk, I would take a picture of them. Like I would take a picture of the list of things I wanted to see. And then as I went on the walks, I would take a picture of the things I found. And I would usually find everything on the list that I was looking for. So they made me do this with different items every day. And eventually I got to the point where I was like, well, am I actually manifesting these things? Like, am I, am I in a space where I'm saying, I want to see a, a blue apple today, but I go on the, on this walk in the same place every single day. What if I unconsciously saw something and my subconscious took that in. And now this part of me understands that I'm going to see that on the walk. So I'm writing this down. You know what I'm saying? Like, is it actually me manifesting it? Or is it just that I've already seen these things subconsciously on my walks? So I know to, to put those on the list without even really thinking about it, you know? And then, of course, I'm going to see them on my walk because I've seen them at some point before. And that triggered in my mind. So... 
um, that's where I was just like, I don't really think I'm manifesting these things. I think I've just like seen them at some point before. And they were like, the voice was like, then go on walks in different places. Like go walk different places and make your list harder. So I started doing that, but I still, I still struggled with it because I didn't really understand. I didn't understand manifestation on the level that I do now. And I feel like manifestation is really different to so many people. It means so many different things to so many different people. And I think it's very difficult to have like one specific meaning for what manifestation actually is. So something kind of like one weird situation. I, I, I've never had car problems ever with this car that I had until I quit my job. And my commute to work was an hour there and an hour back every single day. So my car like loved being driven. Like it just loved being driven. It loved that hour in the morning and that hour ride home. Like I drove that every single day. So I was getting a good amount of miles on it every single day. And when I quit, my car was just sitting there and suddenly I start having all of these car problems because my car is not being driven anymore the way it wants to be. So I decide like my check engine light comes on a few times and I don't, you know, really think anything of it because I don't have an income anymore. And I don't really want to sit there and focus on like everything that could possibly be going wrong with my car right now, because what the fuck am I going to do? I don't have the money to fix it. So, um, I decide this one day I want to go to, I think I was trying to go to Moraine Park or maybe Lake Wilhelm. Either way, it was going to be like close to an hour drive from where I am. And I literally got like five minutes away from the park <laughs> and my car made the most horrendous sound I've ever heard in my life. I had to pull off of the highway. I got like right off an exit on the highway. It sounded so bad and then it just completely died. Couldn't turn it back on, nothing. So I was just like, fuck, like my car is completely dead and that sound is the sound it made is so horrendous. Like I can't even imagine what the fuck is wrong with my car. Um, so I'm just freaking out. I'm so terrified. I'm like, I have triple A. I'm just going to have to get it towed back to my house. And I was an hour from my house. So this guy picks me up, um, is able to tow my car for triple A. We end up having like this really great conversation and, um, actually ended up going on a date, I think. Yeah, a little bit afterwards. But uh, one of the weirdest things that happened was this bill I got for getting my t car towed, just to get it towed back to my, like a mechanic by my apartment. So I could at least be walk in walking distance if, you know, this mechanic wasn't able to fix whatever was wrong with it was $300, yeah, $300 for someone who does not have an income is pretty fucking terrifying, but it was just like, okay, this is, you know, it's just part of this is like part of the process. I have to figure out a way that I'm gonna pay this. Probably just gonna put it on a credit card and rack up my fucking credit. 
So um, I, I, to this day, don't know what happened. I know I went on a date with the guy, the guy who picked me up like maybe a week later and it was just weird, like it didn't work out. But um, I have no idea what happened to this, to this $300 bill. When he dropped me off, he didn't ask me out then or anything. Like we ended up texting each other and he asked me out. But he took my, I watched him write on this invoice, my credit card information, the $300. He gave me the top slip and he was like, you'll probably be charged for this tomorrow because it's so late tonight. Like, you know, um, I don't know if anyone's gonna be back there when I get back tonight. So I don't know if he just kind of like, I don't even know how he could do this because he's dispatched to come get me. The $300 bill completely disappeared. It vanished off the face of the fucking earth. To this day, I still have no idea what happened to this $300 bill. But weird shit like this was happening all the time during this period of time. And I was like, I wonder, like, would he have paid it? I wonder if he would have paid, like, I didn't say anything, like I couldn't afford it or I was struggling. I didn't tell him any of that kind of stuff. I was just like, yeah, that's fine. Gave him my credit card information. I, I have, I to this day have the top copy of the slip saying I was gonna be charged $300. I was never charged $300. He never said anything about it. To this day, I still have no fucking idea, but stuff like that would happen all of the time. And the voice was always just like, everything is always going to be taken care of for you. Like you have nothing to worry about. And I'm freaking the fuck out because this is my vehicle. This is like my sense of freedom. I have nobody at this point in my life that I can depend on. Like I, I feel very isolated, very alone in this whole process. Like I have done everything to isolate myself just so I can dedicate myself to this process. I don't have, like, when I eventually do need to find a job again, I have to have a car. Like, I'm out in the middle of fucking nowhere. Like, I'm not close to anything, you know, and I'm just freaking out, you know, like, how am I going to have just my basic necessities, like go grocery shopping and get the things that I need to get done taken care of? And the voice is like, you have to understand everything is happening this way like it's always going to work out in your favor you have nothing to worry about and I'm just like fuck you at this point like I've quit my job I have done everything you've asked me to do I fucking sat in silence and just followed my fucking thoughts all day long and now look at this position I'm in because I listened to this fucking voice in my head I have no vehicle I'm gonna be in so much fucking debt because it's probably gonna be like I don't even know if they'll be able to fix whatever the fuck is wrong with my car so I'm completely losing it at this point. Like fear has this grip on me. Like I'm thinking about every possible horrible scenario that can happen, like completely reverting back into this phase of where I was before I even started this, you know, like all, I felt like all of the progress up until this point was completely pushed to the wayside. And I was just 100% back in this space of like, I'm fucked, everything is fucked. Why the fuck did I put myself in this situation? I knew I couldn't depend on myself. I knew I would fail. All of this stuff is going through my head. And the whole time the voice is getting like really distant and really quiet and I can't hear the voice anymore because I'm just so consumed with thought, but the voice is always like this steady, like it's, you're gonna be taken care of, you're fine. Like you really have nothing to worry about, but we're gonna let you do your human thing. So it sits at this shop for a couple weeks 
they can't figure out, like, they aren't advanced enough of a shop, you know, to fix whatever the fuck is wrong with it. So I have AAA tow it to another place that is somewhat close to my house. Um, and fortunately, they did that free of charge, which was awesome. And I didn't even have to be there. I was like, can you just pick up my car and literally take it to this other place? And they did that for free. And then... Um, so they took it to this other place and it sat there for a couple weeks before they could look at it. And then they finally tell me like, it's a complete, like we, it's a complete engine. You're going to need a completely new engine. I'm like, fuck, are you serious? Like that's going to cost me, I might as well get another car at this point. Like it's going to be so fucking expensive. And the guy's like, well, you know, you should be able to get a warranty on this and He's like, how many how many miles are you at? I didn't look, and I was like, ninety thousand. And he's like, ugh. He's like, you know, some places um, offer a warranty up to eighty thousand miles, and he's like, other places are a hundred thousand. So you'll have to check with your dealership and see like which one you fall under. Of course, mine was eighty thousand. So a new engine would have been covered if I was under eighty thousand miles, is what my dealership told me. So I had to take it to this other place. Um, which again, AAA just took, took care of it and did it for free again, took it to this, um, other, it was like a, um, it was a dealership and I explained to them, you know, I need a entirely new engine. My warranty covers up to 80,000 miles. And I just explained to them the whole situation. And the guy was literally just like, yeah, I've never seen a dealership cover for more than, you know, what they offered, like, that's pretty unheard of. He said, but you can, um, to help your case, you can gather, like, if you have the receipts from all of your oil chains, changes, all of the inspections, like, all of the work that's been done on your car for its entire history, which, thank God, I did happen to keep. They were like, bring us all of that information because they're going to be like, they're going to want all of that. But he's like, he's like, to be completely honest, like, I don't want to, you know, completely crush you. But he's like, we've never seen any, any company give um, something like this, like a new engine to someone who's over the warranty. So, you know, like, don't get your hopes up, basically. Like, we've, we've never seen this happen. And I was just like trying to stay hopeful as fuck because I don't know what I'm going to do if it's the engine. Like I can't afford a new car and I can't afford a new engine for the car. So this is literally my only hope. And um, so I'm just freaking out. I'm looking online. I'm like, you know, just trying to like hear other people's stories who have been in this same predicament with this same dealer. And it's, it's the same thing this guy told me, just like basically every option I'm looking to is telling me like, there's no hope for your situation. You're fucked. So I completely spiral and this place ended up having my, cause they were looking into all of this for me. Like they were dealing with the dealership and they were giving them all the paperwork and they were basically just waiting to hear back from, from the dealership, which took, I want to say a month and a half a month at least for them to like hear anything back, you know, about what, what we could do in this experience. Um, it was at least like three weeks or a month. So I'm just completely fucking spiraling. Like I'm fucked. 
I'm completely fucked. Like, even if I found a job today, how am I going to get there? How, like, I, this completely changes everything. And I'm coming from this space of like having zero fucking income right now. So, um, I, I really started like, it, it was difficult for me to focus on the meditation at this point and focus on all of the things that I was trying to focus on because my, my thoughts were just going and I just like fell into this really d big depression and was just like so overwhelmed and so scared and, um, you know, started learning all of these, like, uh, you know, like, okay, I, I can at least have groceries delivered to my door, you know, and, you know, I could find ways to have these things delivered to me, like my birth control at the time. Um, the pharmacy I was at was able to deliver that to me. So all the things that I needed, I realized like, okay, like I can at least make this work. Like everything I need at this point because of the pan pandemic, like everything has become like this delivery system now, like everything is delivery. So, so you don't really have to leave your house anyway. So once I start kind of like finding acceptance with where I am, which is what the voice always tells me to do, finding acceptance and just being in the state of acceptance at this point and not going anywhere beyond that. Just like not completely like spiraling into this turmoil of like every possible scenario that could happen to me. Just accepting where I am, what can happen because once you accept exactly where you are, then you can like start thinking about things in a more clear way like you can find some clarity in, in what's happening but you have to like I have to be able to accept exactly where I am to be able to like get those clarifying thoughts so the voice was like you got to keep meditating and you got to keep sitting in silence if, if you want the answers <laughs> and so like I'm very rebellious by nature very fucking rebellious and I hated that this was my answer because I'm very action oriented I don't want to sit around in silence and just wait for a fucking answer. Like, I want you to tell me exactly what I need to do and exactly what's going to happen. And the voice is like, it just doesn't happen like that. You need to sit in silence and you need to meditate. So, and it would be helpful if you started journaling about all of the things that you are appreciative of. And I'm just like, fuck you, you know? Like, do you understand? Like, do you have any idea how fucking helpless and not in control I feel like right now. And the voice was just like, yeah, that's where you're meant to be. That's exactly where you're meant to be. So I started meditating and sitting in silence and forcing myself to journal about the things that I was appreciative of in the moment. And as the days went on, that got easier. And I was able to find my focus again in those things. And I was able to ground myself again in those things and those practices. And with time, the voice told me, this is your story. This is your new story. You've let go of this story of your life, of what you've been telling yourself your life is up to this point. So if you could completely write this play, this story, exactly as you want it, we want you to write an actual script of what this dude at the dealership is going to say to you when he calls you about your car. And I'm just like, well, yeah, in a perfect world, it would sound like that. And they're like, it's a perfect world. Write down exactly how you want to hear it. 
So I took some time and thought about it and I wrote this script out that said, um, we, we um, got a hold of your dealership and they have already approved the paperwork. We're just waiting on the parts to come in to fix your car. Um, they're going to cover it under the warranty. Everything's going to be free of charge. And I don't remember what else I said, but it was very specific, like very, very specific. Like this is like, this is exactly how it's going to sound coming through my phone because I never answer my phone. So I knew it was either going to come through a text or an email or like a voice message, a voicemail. So this is how I understood it coming in is like this exact text. So... I continued to meditate and be still and, you know, journal about things I was appreciative of. And at this month point or this three week point, um, I was doing something. I, I don't know, whatever I was caught up in, I just remember like feeling really connected to everything and just seeing the beauty and everything and, and being in this very, very connected space again when I finally got the voicemail. And I'm not kidding you. The voicemail was word for fucking word what I scripted. Word for word. Exactly. I wrote it down in my journal and I went back to even see like how specifically perfect. And it was word for fucking word how the voicemail come, came through. They were had already gotten the approval that it's going to be covered under the warranty. Um, and... Uh, Everything was word for word except this one like bonus that I wasn't expecting. They also said that they were going to be giving me a loaner car for the next two weeks while they were putting this new engine in my car and getting everything fixed up for me. And everything was going to be completely free, completely, completely covered under the warranty. And while I was in this phase of manifesting or whatever you want to call it, um, scripting this message to be exactly what it was, the voice kept telling me to feel like I already had it to already feel like I had my car and to feel like this had already worked out the way that I wanted it to. And I was like, that's extremely difficult for me to do because I'm, I still am not like sure that this is actually what's going to happen. And in fact, I'm still rather doubtful that this is what's going to happen. I'm just not letting my fear take me over anymore. And they're like, well, it's all a process. Like you'll eventually, you'll gradually get into this place where you can really feel like it's your car. Your car, your car is back and it was free and it's all taken care of and it's all good to go. So get yourself in that space. So I remember specifically in my mind as I'm manifesting, as I'm thinking about the way that this voicemail is going to come through, I'm thinking about someone at the dealership looking at my paperwork and stamping a big approved sign on it with a stamp. And you know, like I, I kept envisioning this thing in my mind of like the story that I was telling about the, the person who was working on my case at, at the dealership. Just like, you know, it was it was Thanksgiving or Christmas time. I can't remember. It was somewhere around the holidays. And I just saw them like kind of being in a rush to get out of the office and get to their family or like their holiday event, whatever they were going to. And they, they saw my paperwork and just was like, ah, we're just going to get, you know, in the spirit of, you know, whatever the holiday was, like, we're just going to give it to her. So that's what I kept envisioning in my mind. And my sisters were doing something for, again, Thanksgiving or Christmas, whatever time of year it was. And I was renting a car 
to go up and see them and like spend the holidays with them and stuff. So in my mind, I'm already like super fucking excited just to be driving again. Like I hadn't driven, it had been at least a month, a month and a half, maybe longer even at this point. And cause it was just like sitting at so many shops until I finally could figure out what was going on. So I'm thinking it was close to two months. I hadn't driven at all. So that was like part of the excitement of getting this rental car was just being able to go for a long drive because I process so much in driving and I, I, I get through so many thoughts while I'm driving. And um, so it, it, it also helped create this space of like being excited to drive again. And it's, it's creating this world where everything is going exactly how you want it to. You just have to embody the feeling of what it would feel like that happening. And supposedly like that's the secret to manifestation. It's, it's not just to like think about it all the time. You really have to embody the feeling that it would give you to have these things, which is really hard to do when you're in a very like spiraled out of control place. Like you really can't get yourself there. It's a process and it's a long process for a lot of us to get past those feelings and get into the space of like, no, this is happening. So it wasn't even focusing on, you know, my car being in my life again. It was just like, I get to drive this rental car. Like I get to drive, I'm so excited to drive. And that in turn, I think, helped this process become the story that it is. And so I got, you know, I didn't even have to rent the car. I didn't even have to spend the money to rent the car because I had gotten the um, the loaner car from the dealership just in time that I didn't have to even spend the money to rent the car. So this is the voice reiterating to me, like you're completely taken care of, even when you can't see it in the moments, like even when things don't turn out exactly how you thought they would, you can see all of the ways throughout your life that you've been taken care of and how things have always just worked out for you eventually, you know? And a lot of that just is the process of accepting where you are so you can find these clarifying thoughts that can't come in until you do accept where you are in your life. And then you can start embodying, you know, these ideas of manifestation. So like all of these things I felt like were all tools that I could use in manifesting things for myself. And so I started working with that kind of stuff more and started getting more involved in that. And there's such a connection there. It was little things like when I would go on my walk and I'm like, I want to see an orange. And in the middle of the woods, there would just be this pile of oranges. It was so weird. But it's these little moments that make you feel incredibly seen by the universe as weird or like kooky or, you know, whatever you want to say as that sounds. But you really feel seen and connected to the universe in these moments where you're like, this is specifically what I want to see. And then you see it and it's just like, oh, wow, like, that's so funny. It's so cool. But when it happens on this grand scale of word for fucking word, exactly, exactly how I wrote it in my fucking journal, like when it's these huge grand moments in your life, you feel completely invincible. You feel on top of the world. You feel like God. You feel like whatever the fuck God is, that's what you feel like. And it's 
absolutely incredible. So these experiences of like, a lot of it is, was just teaching me to conquer these fears within myself, like come to terms with these fears, not even like necessarily conquer them, but like meet these fears, introduce yourself, let these fears introduce you to them, like become comfortable with them, understand them, you know, like there's just so much that is ingrained in us from childhood about what we should be afraid of and, and all of these things that like you kind of have to untangle through this whole process that you see like how these things how these things have really defined your life up until this point and why you kept this story for so long. It's just really fascinating. Um, so th that, that was when like really profound things started happening with manifestation for me. And um, again, I don't feel like I necessarily put these things into practice at this point. So much of the six, seven months that I went through this was just to show me that I had a reason to believe in myself. I have all of this power within myself. I am able to do these amazing things, but I just didn't have any self-worth. Like I wasn't able to see any kind of worth in myself. And so much of this is just like decluttering all of those things that have made you feel that way up until this point and like really revealing to you the, the true person you are, like the, the essence of who you are when all of this is stripped away. Really fascinating, um, really amazing experiences. And I wouldn't trade any of it. Like even the times where I felt fucking terrified and like, I made the wrong choice and I completely fucked up my life and all of this stuff. It was just like, I was so proud of myself for taking that chance on myself. Cause that was something like I've never really done. I've never really seen the worth in that, you know, just completely taking this chance on myself. And that was this thing that kept coming through was just like, if you're not willing to take a chance on yourself in the middle of a global pandemic, when will you be? When will you be? Like, is this, what is going to be the turning point for you where you finally like put your mental well-being as a top priority and really try to like figure out what the issues are that you, you that are holding you back from experiencing life the way everyone is meant to experience this life. And there are just so many beautiful experiences that happened in this shift. And this is not the last step. I know that there's more to talk about. It'll come to me, but um, I think that's gonna wrap it up for this episode, but I wouldn't trade any of it. I really wouldn't. I, I'm a completely different person. And once you really step into this authentic self, this person you were always meant to be, this person who's always been buried there underneath everything, Expect a lot of hate. It's expect a lot of people to not understand you. That's that's part of like um, the process of isolation is like uh, a lot of people aren't gonna understand the experience of the shift, let alone how you are after the shift. And you you do have this loneliness at the beginning when you understand that like you'll never go back to life as it was before and you'll, you're probably gonna lose a lot of the people that were in your life before because a lot of the people who are in your life before the shift see you as the box. They see you as 
what you've been, they see you as your story and who you are in this box that you have decided to show the world. And after the shift, you don't give a fuck. Like there is no box. <laughs> like after the shift, you understand there is no box. There is only this prison that you put, you choose to put yourself in. So after the shift, you become completely authentic in who you are and you don't give a fuck. You could care less. I mean, like anybody who doesn't like you anymore, who wants to hate on you, who wants you to fail. So many people listen. I fully understand so many people listen to this podcast because they think I'm completely batshit crazy and because it's fun to make fun of me. Like I completely accept that. Like that's being human. Like that's, that's humanity. Like you're never going to fully extinguish those people from your life. Like people get off on, you know, like look at Britney Spears. You know what I mean? Like people want to see you act a fool, but it really is just me being completely authentic in the person I am now and not giving a fuck about what anybody says or thinks about me. Just completely removing any type of, whereas I used to be so afraid to put out content because I would just overthink what everybody would think about it or just like what people would say. And again, that's like why I'm really experimenting in this season two of the show. Just just putting up episodes um, when I feel it, when I'm feeling it, like even if that means being really confusing with like bringing reading books into it and my feed looks like totally manic and crazy, but like that's authentic to my process. That's that's part of the creative process for me. It's like throwing a bunch of shit to the wall and just seeing what sticks, you know? And people seem to really like the reading stuff. So I think I'm gonna keep that. But um, I also understand that like, I piss a lot of people off and people are just frustrated with me and annoyed with me because I am completely authentic now and I'm not apologizing for who I am anymore and I'm not shying away from who I am anymore I'm completely embracing it and I just don't care and that's there's nothing in the world more freeing than that I promise you there's nothing more freeing in the world than completely letting go of like all of these labels people would want to put on you and put you inside of this box and completely breaking that open and just saying like I don't care if I'm for you or not. I'm going to be completely exactly who I am in every moment of the day. And in that process, you're sh you're basically like shining your light on other people's darkness. And it happens to me when I'm in a space where I'm feeling really alone and scared or I don't know what to do. If someone's coming in just like bright and shiny and like nothing bothers them and, and and they don't take anything personally, it's just like, it can make me uncomfortable, you know? Because it's, it's shining this light on like my own darkness. It's almost like magnifying, you know, all of this, what I don't like in myself. It's almost like ref I'm, I'm reflecting that to people. And it's a two-way street. Like it, it keeps you humble in this way of like, you can't help but understand what everybody is going through. And you can't help but understand like everything that has made people exactly the way they are. So I, you, you get to this point where it's like, you're not, I, I don't ever fault anyone for like 
uh, um, listening because they want to see what kind of crazy shit I'm going to say or listening because they want me to fail, you know, like use some kind of soundbite against me or like because they want me to fail, whatever it is, you know what I mean? Like I have total acceptance with that because everybody's just doing their own thing as best they can in their life, you know? And I just don't have time to like sit here and hate on people anymore. I just don't care. I just don't care. Like whatever you need to tell yourself, I'm fine with at this point. I'm, I'm in such a state of mind. And like, it's kind of weird how we, we love these stories of people who like have been through all of this abuse and trauma in their lives and they find this, this way through they find the other end of this and like they can have these happy lives and stuff. And at the same time, we kind of resent them for it in this weird way. You know, like it's almost saying like someone used to compare themselves to me and be like, I feel like all of the trauma I've experienced doesn't even matter because it's nothing compared to what you've experienced. And that couldn't be further from the truth. Like we all experience trauma in the way that we do. And there's no comparing anybody's trauma like that just doesn't make sense to me it's just like w w your experience is what your experience has been up into this point and it's formed you into this person that you are today it's hard to explain but I just don't like I don't fault anyone I, I just let people be completely themselves and I realized the madness for me came in when I kept trying to change people when I kept trying to like force them into these boxes that I think that they should be or that, that that would make me feel better if they could fit in these boxes that I that I have for them. And when they couldn't do that, I would get really annoyed with them instead of just accepting that that's just the way they are. And maybe I should stop trying to make them into something they're not. Maybe I should just always let people show me exactly who they are and decide if I want them in my life or not based on how they treat me and how they treat other people. You know, like I, I got out of this phase of like trying to change people or trying to help people. It's like now I just completely accept everybody for who they are and I choose how much I'm going to allow that into my life, you know? And to me, it feels like a very stable-minded place to be. And um, yeah, so I think I'm going to wrap it up for this episode. We're at about the hour mark here. I think I'll read another chapter of Manic tonight. Um, yeah, so and then we'll see maybe next week another episode of The Shift. But thanks for listening. I hope everybody is taking care of themselves out there. And I'll talk to you soon.